You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. We need to learn the lesson of Job's friends, because what Job needed was not their mouths. He needed their hand and their arm around them saying nothing to them. Sometimes when God is silent, the best thing we can do is be silent. Psalm 75 is coming, but we're just going to have to wait. Whenever we have a friend or loved one in need, we're often quick to try and comfort them with words, rather than sympathy, compassion, and love. In some cases, we can even end up doing more damage than good. As Pastor J.D. will teach you in his message today, we should be both sensitive and discerning when others are in need. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 75 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Enter Psalm 75, verse 1. We're told that this is to the chief musician, set to do not destroy, again, a psalm of Asaph, a song. We give thanks to you, O God. Whoa. Is this the same guy? Yeah. This, is this the next psalm? Yeah. <laughs> what happened between Psalm 74 and 75? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Let's read on. We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks, for your wondrous works declare that your name is near. When I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. Wait, did you hear that? When I choose the proper time. Oh, Because it seems like it was a long time in Psalm 74, and now God's saying, when I choose the proper time. See, Psalm 74 wasn't the proper time. Psalm 75, now is the proper time, and I will judge uprightly. The earth, verse 3, and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly, Selah, again, stop, consider, meditate, pause. I said to the boastful, verse 4, do not deal boastfully, and to the wicked, do not lift up the horn, do not lift up your horn on high, do not speak with a stiff neck, for exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Notice something absent from verse 6. No mention of the north. Wait, we got east, west, south. Where's the north? (laughs) Here's a thought. It's believed that God dwells on high northward. That's where exaltation comes from. He exalts the humble. 
He humbles the exalted. Exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. And here are my two favorite words in verse 7, and your two favorite words too, I think, right? But God. What do we know to be true about the power of those two words? But God, it changes everything. But God is the judge. He puts down one, and He exalts another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. Listen to this picture, and imagine this in your mind's eye. There is this cup in the hand of the Lord, and the wine is red. You don't want to drink from this, by the way, spoiler alert. (laughs) It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. It's the cup of his judgment that they will drink deeply from. But, verse 9, I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. Very different tune than Psalm 74. Verse 10, all the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Here's what I'm thinking. We all have a Psalm 74 in our lives. There are going to be those times in our walk with the Lord where we're going to walk through the valley of a Psalm 74, where we're going to taste from the cup of a Psalm 74. But God also has for us a Psalm 75. And a Psalm 75 is the answer to the dilemma, the problem, of those Psalm 74 seasons in our life. When God seems to be afar off, distant, silent, and it seems like it's going on far too long. And we cry out, O Lord, how long, how long? And then Psalm 75 comes, and the Lord says, it's time. Yeah, but Lord, you kind of took too long on that. No, I didn't. (laughs) You know, we say, it's almost really cliche, God's timing is perfect. Don't you hate that when you're going through a trial and some well-meaning Christian tries to just start spouting off all these clay. We know that all things work together for the good. You know, it's in those times you just kind of think to yourself, you know, I know that. You don't think I know that? (laughs) You're not where I'm at. You're not tasting from that which I am tasting from. Easy for you to say, we say, right? 
I think we should be very careful when somebody's going through a really difficult time. I was thinking about this. In fact, I was listening to a really good teaching today about Job, happened to be from Ravi Zacharias, whom I'm a huge fan of. And he made this comment. He said, you know, we need to learn the lesson of Job's friends, because what Job needed was not their mouths. He needed their hand and their arm around them, saying nothing to them. Sometimes when God is silent, the best thing we can do is be silent. Psalm 75 is coming, but we're just going to have to wait. When the time comes, God will choose the right time, then God will act. He's never late, but He's never early either. And truth be known, we don't want him to be early, because if he's early, then we are robbed of the lesson that we would have learned, should have learned, could have learned, had we but waited. I think of Isaiah 30 verse 18. The Lord says that he will wait, he'll take his time, It'll seem like a long time. It'll, it'll seem like he's silent, doing nothing. Why? So he can be gracious unto you. You ever seen the delays of God as the grace of God? What's grace? Unmerited favor? It's God giving us what we don't deserve, and mercy, God not giving us what we do deserve. I find myself so often in my prayer journals in the morning just entering in those words, Oh God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Oh my goodness. I need them both. Don't you? I need Him to not give me what I do deserve. Oh my goodness, I need that. That's His mercy. But I also on the other side of that need for Him to give me what I don't deserve. That's His grace. And sometimes we need to give God the elbow room, the space, the time to do what He's going to do. Because it takes time. That's why it seems like he's taking his time before he finally says, okay, now it's time. Oh, I like those words. I like the word now. It's evidenced in how I pray. (laughs) Because just like any child who's five years old, I want what I want, when I want it, the way I want it, and I want it now. You know that humorous quip, Lord, give me patience, and give it to me now. Really? Those are one of those prayers. I appreciate what Artie shared on Tuesday night at our prayer meeting about, you know, his wife Michelle, absolute miracle. We're just all rejoicing in what God did. But I think it was something to the effect of you prayed, God, draw me nearer to you. Oh. 
very dangerous. It's one of those prayers that should come with the warning, you know. Uh, it's kind of like, <laughs> before you pray this prayer, you probably should know what you're praying. It's, more, it's, it's like this, this prayer. This is a, another very dangerous prayer. Oh God, teach me to be a man of prayer. Wait, did you just really pray that? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. You want me to make you a man of prayer? Yes! What are you thinking? That God's just going to give you one of those prescriptions? Prayer in a bottle? Take one pill? And you'll be a man of prayer. Oh, I wish it was that easy. You want me to make you a man of prayer? I'll give you kids. That'll make you a man of prayer. <laughs> And, the, and these kids are going to grow up and be teenagers. You'll be on your knees before you know it. You wanted me to make you a man of prayer? Well, let me tell you how I'm going to make you a man of prayer. I'm going to orchestrate the circumstances in your life. I'm going to choreograph the steps of your walk with me in such a way that you will realize, and this is not hyperbole when I say this, and I say this as one who has come to this place in my own life. I want to be careful how I say this so you don't misunderstand me. God will bring us to that place where it is minute by minute that we are humbly dependent upon Him where we find ourselves continually talking to Him in prayer throughout the day, hour by hour, minute by minute. Lord, I just got this email. It's not like the Lord doesn't know. You got an email? Oh, when when did you get this? No. (laughs) In our directional prayers, Lord, you know, they, I just got this phone call. I know, I'm all-knowing, I'm all-present, I'm all-power. I'm kind of already, I knew the phone call was going to come before the phone call came. <laughs> get this. I knew that you would get, get that phone call, that disturbing phone call, before the foundations of the earth. Way before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew that you were going to get that call on this day. How about that? Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord says, I do. Let's talk about it. Talk to me about this, because I can do something about this. You know, it's interesting, and I, I only speak of myself because I'm so guilty of this, but you know how it is when something happens and We call everyone but the one that can actually do something about it. Right? I mean, at best, that genuinely caring brother or sister in Christ, the only thing they can do is empathize with you. So you're in a situation got a financial 
problem, marriage problem, family problem, parenting problem. So you call so-and-so, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. And how long will you spend on the phone? And if they're loving enough and care enough, they'll probably just listen as you just go on and on and on, and you're laying it all out to them. Here's the thing. When you talk to God, you don't even have to lay it out. He already knows everything about it. So you can just sort of cut right to the quick and say, okay, Lord, Just this morning, I was, I'm dealing with a situation, and um, I said, Lord, um, can I talk to you about this? I'm kind of one of these kinesthetic, kind of, you know, always kind of have to be sort of moving, and is that the right word, kinesthetic? I asked somebody correct me, in love, kinetic, kinesthetic, I don't know, it's one of those words that have very different meanings. But anyway, you have to kind of be moving. So I, my best time in prayer is walking back and forth, just talking to the Lord in my office, Lord. And it's a dialogue, you know, prayer is a dialogue, not just a monologue. So I'll, I'll have my Bible software open and I will just, you know, seek Him, petition His throne, say, okay, Lord, I mean, I don't know what to do about this. You do what do you want me to do? And then he'll speak chiefly through his word. And sometimes it'll be that one verse, a word fitly spoken, a prophetic word really that speaks very specifically to that situation. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sometimes the answer I'll get is wait. Just wait. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Don't reply. Oh, how many times have I sent an email that I wish I could unsend? Man, once you click that mouse or touch that that trackpad and push send. I've never regretted an email that I didn't send. And conversely, There have been so many times that I've regretted an email I did send, or something I said. I wish I could unsay it. You can't unsay it. You said it, man. And whole had I but just waited for the Lord patiently, and not rushed ahead of Him, to fill in this blank line. Because I was, you know, we're always taught growing up, don't leave the line blank. If you don't know the answer, guess. On a job application, don't leave a blank, they'll think you forgot it. So put N-A, not applicable. Just don't leave that line blank. Whatever you do, don't leave the line blank. Put something there. So that's what we do. We try to fill in the blank. The Lord saying, why don't you let me put the, the right answer on that blank line in your life? Just let, wait for me to do it. It's like you push the hand of God out of the way. No, I got it! 
Here's the bottom line. We'll move on to Psalm 76. I, I really want to get to Psalm 77 tonight. If we don't, that's all right. We'll just have to wait <laughs> patiently till next week, Lord willing. But here's the bottom line. God will absolutely not remain silent indefinitely. He will choose the time, and when He does, it will be perfect, and He will always ultimately have the final word. God rules over all, and overrules all. And we're going to again see that in Psalm 77. So let's tackle Psalm 76. Verse 1, again, to the chief musician on stringed instruments, another Psalm of Asaph, a song. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion, there he broke the arrows of the bow, the shield and the sword of battle, Selah. You, verse 4, are more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. The stout-hearted, verse 5, were plundered. They have sunk into their sleep, and none of the mighty men have found the use of their hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and horse were cast into a dead sleep. You yourself are to be feared, and who may stand in your presence when once you are angry? You cause judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still when God arose to judgment, and He will arise to judgment, to deliver all the oppressed of the earth, Selah. Verse 10, pay particular attention to verse 10. We're going to talk about this. Surely the wrath of man shall praise you. With the remainder of wrath you shall gird yourself. Make vows to the Lord your God and pay them. Let all who are around him bring presents to him who ought to be feared. He shall cut off the spirit of princes. He is, and some of you are going to really appreciate this word, because we've talked about it, Awesome! We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study and will continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.